Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. God bless the child, all right. Well, November 20 is Universal Children's Day. On the United Nations website, it states, we were all children once, and we all share the desire for the well-being of our children, which has always been, and will continue to be, the most universally cherished aspiration of humankind. Well, Universal Children's Day dates back to 1954, when the General Assembly recommended that all countries institute a Universal Children's Day to create a world fit for children. In 2008, they reported that there are fewer children under five dying each year, more kids in school than ever before, more medicines available, more laws, policies and plans in place to protect children from violence, abuse and exploitation. And the General Assembly continues to work to create a world fit for children. For those of us who've had children and lost them, the healing continues. Jeff Winterburn, an ex-Australian Air Force security guard, now a Salvos officer, remembers back to when they lost their first child. Well, the surgeons weren't too sure whether my wife was going to survive, uh, and if the baby survived, or vice versa, and they, they both could have, my wife could have died as well. I remember ringing a friend of mine up, and I'm saying, Sue's had the baby, and it's a girl, and he was all excited, you know, that just, oh, congratulations, oh, we'll come over and see her, and I was trying to get the message out, but there's something wrong. And then uh, to finally say that, uh, well, Roslyn, we named the baby. She was, uh, Roslyn was transferred to uh, another hospital. So that was uh, certainly hard times. Does it still bring up emotions? Oh, look, certainly, um, oh, long ago, that was back in 75. So, especially at birthday times, you know, my wife particularly uh, has a bit of a down day that day. Really? The worst thing is that uh, my wife never saw the baby, never held the baby. So I did, you know, in the little human crib there, and she remained in hospital, and she wasn't um, well enough to go to the funeral. Uh, it wasn't until some years later. I conducted a funeral service for a young couple whose baby was stillborn, and that was a very small service, and uh, Sue came to that funeral service. I asked the couple, could she come? And she came and sat in the chapel. And as I conducted the funeral service for their stillborn baby, uh, Sue was able to go through that, that stage, that grieving stage. And it was her time to say farewell to our daughter at that chapel. And that was 15 years later. One of our other daughters who had a, a good singing voice sang at that chapel service for this service. And she sang, Yes, Jesus loves me. So Sue was able to... Anyway, it was, a, it was just a time where she was able to say, you know, goodbye. Mm. Yes, Jesus. Did you blame God for what happened? Oh, look, uh, more than ever. <laughs> we grew up in the church and, um, you know, we questioned why, if God's a God of love, why did he allow a child to die, a baby to die? You've got to blame someone, haven't you? You know, do you blame the doctors? Maybe. You could have, but there was nothing wrong there. But we certainly took it out on God and we just thought, well, that's it. So how did you process it? How do we process it? We, um, if you're meaning, we pro did we process? How long was that sort of blame on God? Yes. It lasted ten years, and 
you know, from totally being good Christian people to just walk in the other side, you know, just saying, well, uh, see you later. We never mentioned God. We never thought about God for the next ten years. He he um, continued to think about you, of course. I, I was in the Air Force. I joined the Air Force eventually, and uh, we were in Toowoomba. The Salvation Army used to have their open airs back in those days, you know, the band on the street. And there were times when we used to park at a distance and um, listen to the band play the old hymn tunes. And, and those hymn tunes, you know, you knew the words of those songs, So, but we never, ever went too close. So it was kind of like God was talking to you in a way, calling you back in a way. Yeah, it was. Um, I think, the, yeah, interesting about... Uh, God's calling people back. I think, in a in a in a gentle way, that may be that, that may have been the start of um, coming back uh, to faith. Funny how things happen after that. You know, you get a knock on the door by a Salvation Army officer saying, "I understand you used to go to the Salvation Army." Really, that doesn't happen out of the blue. You know, is there any consolation knowing that she is with Jesus now? Oh yeah, look, that's uh, that's the hope, isn't it? That uh, that's where she is. That's where she was from the moment she she died you know she was with the Lord and uh, we know one day we'll get to see her again we, we, we have um, three other children our son was born you think oh you know we're going to go through the same again well we didn't thank God and then our third child and then our fourth child and it wasn't until our fourth child was born Kirsty and I remember saying to Sue when I first saw Kirsty she looked a spitting image of Roslyn. So you think it's almost like God was giving you the gift back? Oh well, yeah, I yeah. Well, God gave us a, a gift of uh, three healthy children, you know, and we were young. How old were you? I was nineteen when I got married. I probably twenty. I twenty. Guess. Wow. Yeah. And you came back to God. I remember walking around one night on duty. I was a security guard in the air force, so I remember God saying to me, "Well, you've walked this way for past ten years. Where are you going to walk to next?" And I remember God saying to me. I felt that he wanted us to be uh, take a, a more of a commitment. It was at a Salvation Army uh, uh, meeting in Brisbane that God called both my wife and I to be Salvation Army officers. Are you able to explain how God called you? I think the calling, the calling of God comes to people in different ways. You know, it's in, in a still small voice or in a, a feeling. But for Sue and I, it was certainly a... a, a like I'm talking to you now. It was a it was a clear voice. I want you to be a Salvation Army officer. So you look around. Who's talking to me? You know, and and I'm saying me. And uh, he said, yes, you. So I'm saying in my mind, well, my wife's outside. You know, it needs to be a calling on both lives. Anyway, the service finished, and we're driving back home. And and uh, at the same time, we both said, guess what? So while he was calling me, he was calling her. So somebody who is grieving at the moment for losing um, a child, what would you say to them? It, it's really tough. But I, I, I would urge people to um, somehow just reach out and touch God. He's there. And I say that because uh, those 10 years that we were away, uh, when we came back and when we were doing our training as Salvation Army officers, we went to a a church service one day and there was a, a retired officer at that church service and uh, she saw my name badge and she said, oh, you're Jeff Winterburn. And I didn't know her from a bar of soap, really. And I said, yeah, I am. She said, I've been praying for you for 10 years. But God bless the child that's got his own 
Jesus certainly loved children. And as we get older, some of us might start to intellectualize, trying to work out God or creation. We decide whether God is real by looking at others or what we think could or couldn't be possible. But in the Bible, it's recorded how Jesus wants us to have the faith of a child. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, Let the children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Let's God his own. Let's God his own.